The Denver Broncos are just one game back from the lead inside the AFC West. While they're on the outside in the playoff hunt, they could find themselves jumping into the playoffs if certain things go their way. We'll break it all down here on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. The AFC playoff picture is spicy with just four games left remaining here in the NFL regular season. The Denver Broncos are in control of their destiny. Welcome to a brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to all the everydayers out there and those who make us your first listen of the day every single day out there in Broncos country. Just a reminder, you can get this podcast every single day, all year long for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports, joined alongside by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guarantee. Four games remaining here this week. Not this week, this season, Sarah, for this Broncos football team. Big game for them this week. But ultimately, they are in control of their own destiny. We had a chance, before we dive into the state of the AFC West, before we look at where the Broncos are at inside the division and also the playoff race, we got some interesting updates from Broncos head coach Sean Payton and some good news about Quinn Miners as well. Yeah, Quinn Miners returning to Denver on Monday, which is huge. Obviously, suffered the irregular heartbeat, which kept him out of the second half of that game against the Chargers. And of course, anytime something like that happens, something that deals with the heart, of course, you want to make sure you're extra cautious and that you are taking every measure possible. So sounds like he stayed overnight there last night and made his way back and got checked out and things like that. And I know Russell Wilson commented on it. Sounds like they think he's going to be okay. Uh, but also the updates on Nick Benito or lack of an update on Nick Benito, Cody, is very intriguing as far as where the Denver Broncos go from here with their edge group. Because that, not just Nick Benito, but that group of players in particular has been really key in this team getting to, I guess, winning six of their last seven games. As we were sitting down recording this Monday morning following Sean Payton's conference call, no update on Nick Benito. He said he wouldn't give us anything. He never usually gives us injury updates at all. So by the time this probably comes out, the MRI will be done and we'll probably have a little more clarity, which we'll provide in tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Broncos for all you everydayers out there. But the outside linebacker rotation is very interesting right now. When you look at it, obviously Jonathan Cooper, Baron Browning going to be the starters there Thank goodness that Drew Sanders made the move to outside linebacker a few weeks ago. I mean, this is something I've seen for a while, but I'm not allowed to report on that stuff, unfortunately. You know, you just get to see it during the game and say, oh, wow, he's working with the outside linebackers. There we go. Coincidence. Uh, but aside from that, I mean, Denver has some other guys on the roster. And, and look, I completely spaced it as well when I was filling out the show notes for today. I forgot that Ronnie Perkins was on the active roster because he's been a game day inactive for so long. Thomas Incombe is on there. He's also been a game day inactive. So there are two guys right there. I think my preference would be of those two guys, if Nick Benito is going to miss time, Sarah, it would probably be Ronnie Perkins at this point. I thought he did pretty well stepping in, but Denver is working with some other rotations in that regard. They also had practice squad linebacker who we saw as a new guy last week, Darrell Chami. Uh, obviously for him, I think he played for Maryland, if I'm not mistaken, the Terps. And 
a little bit of an impact player. He's big. He's fast. I mean, I, at first I thought it was Aaron Patrick coming back because of how tall and how big he was, but no, it's not. Darrell Chami is on the practice squad, and if worse comes to worse, Denver could always use a practice squad elevation. But I also think it makes things very interesting here, Sarah, because let's say if we find out that Nick Benito's knee injury is not ideal, he could land on IR, which could end his season, which opens up a roster spot. And now the question is, what does Denver do with that roster spot? Does that open it up perfectly for a guy that I know got his first NFL pass on Sunday, Lucas Kroll? That's right. I mean, Lucas Kroll could find his way to the active roster. Of course, Sean Payton has spoken highly of him on a number of occasions. We've just really been waiting to see the Broncos finally get him involved. And we saw what he can bring to that passing game. Of course, he was wide open on the play in which he caught a pass, but still he does provide you that vertical threat in the passing game where you've been really lacking that, really been missing that. It also looked like he had a little juice after the catch there as well, fighting for some extra yardage. So, hey, uh, that would not be upsetting to me in the very least to see him get promoted one way or the other. But you're right, there could be some shuffling being done for the Broncos who have been relatively unscathed this entire season. I mean, right? It kind of feels that way. Like we haven't really had to talk about too many guys going into games with, you know, questionable injury designations or players going down week after week. Like it feels like we did that every season <laughs> since I came on to the podcast. So <laughs> I, I'm really glad that we're not talking about those kind of things for the most part. But yes, if Nick Benito does have to go to IR, that would be that would be a tough blow. But it does also yeah. potentially open the door for some other guys, of course. And you'll see Ronnie Perkins. He was his teammate member back at Oklahoma. So that was kind of one of the intriguing factors there when he came into the mix is, hey, you played with Nick Benito in college. Jamar Kane, the pass rush specialist on the coaching staff, of course, was their position coach at Oklahoma. So I think Ronnie Perkins, he'll be able to step in well, as well as like you mentioned, now, Drew Sanders factor is pretty intriguing because I think he's done a good job off the edge when he's been given opportunities. And we know the lion's share of snaps. They'll go to Baron Browning. They'll go to Jonathan Cooper, of course. But getting Drew Sanders more into the mix, I don't think that's a bad thing for the Denver Broncos, even though we want to see Nick Benito out there and healthy. Well, and look, I think the, the Drew Sanders moved outside linebacker creates some very interesting solutions and ideas for Denver's defense going into next season and a little bit beyond. I know that's something we could probably spend on tomorrow's episode, Lockdown Broncos, talking about. I think it's super important to highlight there. Want to know a stat, a, a statistic from Sunday's game here when we talk about Lucas Kroll? His 35-yard catch put him second in terms of receiving yards at the Broncos tight end position this season. Obviously, Adam Trotman had a little bit of juice in that game as well, kind of accelerated his lead there, but... Uh, Lucas Kroll's not too far off in this regard here after just one game of play. So maybe Denver can unlock that going forward here with the tight end position with those two guys specifically here. And one thing we are going to dive deep into as well is really what the state of the AFC West looks like. Real quick, a little bit of an update here for Broncos fans that are wondering, what is the schedule going to be like for Denver? We talked to Sean Payton on Monday in the conference call, and one thing he mentioned is that because they play on Saturday, it's a little unique situation. It's going to take some of their time off the field They just because they want to preserve players' bodies. They want to evaluate where they're at. They're not doing too much. They're not on the field too long. So it may cut into some field time here, but ultimately Denver is trying to get things going. So they'll practice on Wednesday. They'll practice on Thursday. Friday's practice will be a little bit of a walkthrough type of practice indoors. And then after practice, they're getting on the plane. They're going to Detroit and then kick off on Saturday. You're going to get all the coverage and all the build up here this week from Lockdown Broncos as you prepare for game day on Saturday. One thing we are going to dive deep into, though, is the state of the AFC West. Really, we're focused on two teams here. The Denver Broncos, just one game back 
from the Kansas City Chiefs inside the AFC West. What do they need to do in order to win the West? I mean, we're talking about that here. Crazy. We'll dive deeper than that here on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Today's Lockdown Broncos podcast is brought to you by our friends over there at the Game Time app. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and the easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events that are going on near you. If you've ever had a frustrating ticket buying experience, Game Time really helps alleviate some of the issues that you may have run into in the past. Game Time, they're the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You get to see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. So if you're going to Saturday's game in Detroit, make sure on the Game Time app, you're going to purchase tickets through there. You can see exactly what your seat and what your vantage point of all the action is going to be from the Broncos-Lions game this upcoming Saturday. They have all-in prices which show you your total up front so that you know that you're getting a great deal without any of the hidden fees. And you can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Once again, download the Game Time app, create an account, use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The Denver Broncos are just one game back in the AFC West, but. Can they get it done with four games remaining? Can the Chiefs lose enough games? Will they lose enough games? And can the Broncos get the job done on their part? We're going to break down remaining schedules. We're going to talk about kind of the disaster that the Chiefs are right now, quite frankly. But before we do that, I want to say thank you and give a shout out to all of you everyday listeners of Locked On Broncos out there where you know you can find the show free and available anywhere that you listen to podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and you can also watch the show on youtube where we appreciate every single one of you going out of your way to like comment subscribe help out the show that way and really engage and be part of the community it's awesome and it's a fun time for denver broncos fans right now cody where the afc west is a relevant discussion obviously the kansas city chiefs losing in heartbreaking fashion to the buffalo bills on sunday evening where Man, one of the craziest plays I think any of us will ever see on on a football field. Travis Kelsey yucking the ball across the field to Kadarius Toney. Looks like the Chiefs are going up for a go-ahead score there late in the fourth quarter. All of a sudden, you know, Kadarius Toney, his name becomes a, a pun at the wrong time. His toe is offsides, and you get an offensive offsides. The Chiefs are now 8-5, and five, and the Broncos once again have a chance to creep back into this AFC West discussion. So let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Because obviously that's the key right here. If the Broncos are going to win the West, the Chiefs are going to have to continue to falter as the season goes along. Well, I mean, they're coming off two straight losses as well. The Green Bay Packers game, that was, you know, a little bit of a surprise. And then this past week, they lost, you know, they were in control a little bit there. Obviously there was a lot of drama, but here's the thing, Sarah, how many times have we seen the Chiefs be on the receiving end of another team getting a bad call against them, right? And the reality is, like, the Chiefs, and I was very surprised to see Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and, and their comments about officiating when the reality of the situation is Kadarius Tony was lined up offsides. And the, the notion that they need to warn Andy Reid is ridiculous. As a wide receiver, if you've ever played that position, you know, hey, if I'm on the line, 
I'm putting my foot on him and I'm pointing at the ref. I'm checking like, hey, am I good? Am I good? That's the receiver's responsibility. He was clearly offsides there. And I don't know why there's such outrage on the Kansas City's behalf because that because they clearly were in violation of the rule. So for me, I feel like you're going to hear a lot of that this week. Now, that's going to be something that's going on with the Chiefs and their fan base is on fire right now about officiating. But it's very ironic that this is a time where here we are. The Broncos one game back from being in the AFC West lead and the Chiefs are complaining about officiating. Like, it's just a weird time right now in the National Football League. I never imagined that the Broncos would be in this situation. Never imagined the Chiefs would be in the situation that they're in. But let's take a look here at the Chiefs. Obviously losing two straight games. They have four games left on their schedule, and they have, their next game is going to be a road contest at the New England Patriots, who, for Denver, they play them after they play the Detroit Lions. We know the Patriots' defense has been pretty darn good this year. Their offense has been a little inept. They had a little bit of an explosion against the Pittsburgh Steelers this past week, and they're able to light it up. So what type of challenge might the Patriots present here for the Chiefs? I don't know. To be honest with you, I have no idea. I don't know what to expect. But wouldn't it be a little bit of a surprise if the uh, the Patriots give the Broncos a little bit of help in this situation? I mean, obviously, Denver's going to have to take care of business. I think that has to come to the forefront. Denver's got four games left. They have to take care of business in these four games themselves. They can't just hope that other teams lose out. It's nice to get some help, but you're in control of your destiny. So the Chiefs' next four games at the Patriots, they have a game against the Raiders, and then they play the Bengals, who have Jake Browning, and then they're on the road at the Chargers to close out the season. I think when you look at it on paper, ideally you're thinking, well, the Chiefs should win their next four games. Certainly possible, probably favorable in their situation here, which doesn't do much for the Broncos, but as we've seen in the NFL, it is a crazy, crazy whirlwind of what can change on a week-to-week basis. I'm very curious to see how Kansas City navigates these next four games here. Yeah, it's it's really looks good for them on paper, doesn't it? Especially when you look at those opponents that they have upcoming. You just got to hope for some kind of an upset and teams really wanting to play spoiler here late in the season, which we know does happen. And we know the Chiefs have a big target on their back. Like, of course, everybody wants to be able to say they beat the the reigning Super Bowl champions, right? So that puts an added target on their back. But then, of course, late in the season, when teams are playing without, I hate to say without consequence, Cody, because their jobs are on the line, but maybe even especially when jobs are on the line, you have to watch out for these I guess I know on the Red Zone channel, they call right at the end of those those early window games, they call it the witching hour, right? Well, this is kind of the witching hour of the season, isn't it? Where anything can happen and weird stuff does typically happen at this time of year. So you could see upsets happening. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think the the Patriots are going to beat the Chiefs or that the Raiders or Chargers or maybe even the Bengals as well as they've been playing with Jake Browning lately. I think that that's maybe your opportunity there, though, is, hey, you go on the road to play New England, something weird could happen, and then you have that game against the Bengals who are still playing well. Those feel like those the two games remaining on the Chiefs' schedule that if you had to say even a borderline toss-up, those could be it because the Patriots can force turnovers. They, they proved against Pittsburgh that they can still score points. I mean, shockingly enough, but yeah, it's really, like you said, up to the Denver Broncos to take care of business because you obviously this week you play against Detroit on Saturday, then you play New England at home, then you play the Chargers at home, and then you finish out against the Raiders. If you don't take care of business, man, you don't want to be having to, you know, uh, you know the, the meme of the guy who's like got the whole conspiracy theory mapped out on his wall. and he's t- You don't want to be that guy late in the season trying to figure out all your playoff situations there you want to be like you said controlling your own destiny which the broncos thankfully do have a scenario for in week 15 
No, and, and they certainly do. And, and look, I think the Lions are going to be a tough test here for Denver because I think they're very well balanced when you talk about they got good receivers and playmakers. Goff isn't a mobile quarterback, but he can carve you up if you have time. So I think that's where Denver's pressure is going to have to be big. And, you know, is Frank Ragnow going to play for them? I mean, obviously, he suffered a knee injury. They've obviously had some lineup changes there. You're going to face former Bronco Graham Glasgow, who's been a great addition to them, Penny Sewell. I mean, you're going against arguably one of the better offensive lines right now in the NFL when you play Detroit here on Saturday. Not only that, they run the ball really well, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. I mean, those two guys in between them are efficient. They're explosive. They can pop one off at any given moment. So while Denver's defense has been playing better, this is also a game where I think there's a lot of pressure on the Broncos offense, especially as they get ready to go against Aiden Hutchinson and that talented defense that the Detroit Lions also have, despite the fact that Detroit lost this past week to the Chicago Bears. This is, as you mentioned, I'm glad you brought up the witching hour because this is truly where wins become losses, losses can become wins, whatever it may be, depending on how the ball bounces, as we've seen around the NFL here. Uh, Let's take a little bit of a gander here at the Raiders and the Chargers. Obviously, Denver plays the Raiders, and they also play the Chargers. Same thing with Kansas City. Kansas City plays the Raiders and the Chargers in their four remaining games here. I mean, sitting at the record that they have, they're essentially – out of the playoff race as it stands right now, even though they're not officially eliminated. I don't see much ground, especially the Raiders losing at home to Minnesota 3 nothing. I mean, that was such a weird game. The Chargers obviously being in the situation that they're in, they're not going to have Justin Herbert more than likely this week when they play on Thursday night football. Things are very interesting right now inside the division. So right now, between Denver, it's between Kansas City, and Sarah, I just can't help. It just pains me to go back and say, man, if Denver took care of business against Houston... Denver might be in the lead for the AFC West right now. Or, like I said, if they took care of business in some of the other games that they had opportunities to do just that. It's crazy to see how far Denver has come, though, from that one and five start. So that is a promising sign. Denver's won six of their last seven games. They're in control of their destiny. they got to continue to put pressure on opposing teams and hope that the offense can find a way to click fully going forward here with four games left on the schedule. Broncos country, we want to know your thoughts on the state of the AFC West. Make sure if you're watching on YouTube, you comment it. If you're listening wherever you get your podcast, make sure you tweet us on social media at Cody Work NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Lockdown Broncos. But one thing we are going to take a deep dive into, we've been talking about the AFC West, but what does the AFC playoff picture look like here as we prepare for week 15 of the NFL action? We'll dive deeper into that. What situations benefit the Broncos and much more? You'll get that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Today's Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at DoorDash. Why root for your team on an empty stomach when you can order on DoorDash and save on football and get your favorite watch party favorites delivered directly to your doorstep. You can order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even just the buns on DoorDash, and you can get it all delivered without missing the game, especially on Saturdays. The Broncos look to ho- to play the Detroit Lions. Order you some of your local favorites. For me, I may order an illegal pizza and get myself the usual. I could change it up. I usually get the protein pack burrito, but I might do a quesadilla this week. Courtesy of our friends over there at Illegal Pete's. You can order chips, dips, nachos, or everything you need to make your own nachos on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. Pick back at kickoff with unbeatable deals on everything you need for the watch party or the tailgate and score football season's best deals on groceries, restaurants, retail, and more. And you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and you enter code LOCKED23. Once again, that's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and you enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. 
As we jump into the fourth quarter here on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, real quick, want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country, all the everydayers out there. And thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day every single day for all your Denver Broncos news, content, coverage, and more without any fluff. We break down every angle of this team. And we'd also take a look at the bigger picture for where this Broncos football team is at. We just want to say thank you so much. And we're so appreciative of you for tuning in and making us a big part of your day. The NFL playoff picture is very, very interesting right here, Sarah, as we get ready for this big stretch here, four games remaining. Denver's going to have to obviously take care of business. That's the number one thing we've said here on the show. They're also going to have to have some help at times from some other teams around the NFL. And they're hoping that maybe a one or two teams can maybe knock the Kansas city chiefs down another notch on the belt here. But right now, you look at where Denver's at. We look at the division leaders right now. As it stands here today, you've got the Baltimore Ravens at 10-3. and three. The Miami Dolphins have yet to play as we're recording this. They play on Monday Night Football, sitting with a 9-3 and three record. If they win, they'll jump up, I think, to the number one seed. Kansas City right now sitting at the number three seed, despite the fact that they lost because they have the tiebreaker over the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars coming off of a loss. They're sitting at number four. But realistically speaking here, Sarah, I mean, the Broncos are one game back from the third seed, potential, obviously, the AFC West division lead. And there's a whole bunch of other teams that are firmly in the mix from seeds five all the way. I mean, we could say all the way through seed number 11. It is dicey. And this playoff race right now is very spicy. It really is. I mean, it's it's heating up, as you would hope at the later portion of the season. If you're just a fan of the game, right, you want to see games with stakes all throughout the course of the final month of the season. And guess what you're going to get? You're going to get games with big time high stakes. And it really when you look at the AFC right now, the Broncos, although they started one in five, Cody, I mean, they're actually in a pretty good position like the AFC wildcard race is it's not quite as ugly but it's kind of similar to the NFC South race right now to where hey you got three teams that are six and seven and they've all still got a shot despite having struggles throughout the year well there's a, a huge group of seven and six teams in the AFC and then you have the Cleveland Browns at eight and five so there's no real separation right now in terms of overall record other than Cleveland which I mean, with Joe Flacco there, you got to be wondering, hey, when's uh, when's the clock going to strike midnight on Joe Flacco playing as well as he has? But the Broncos have tiebreakers, Cody. They they have some big ones against the Cleveland Browns if it comes to it, against the Buffalo Bills if it comes to it. And it, it really, right now, they're in a great position to be able to, I mean, they're not co- completely controlling their own destiny. But man, if you keep winning games, it feels like the rest of the AFC could kind of just work itself out. Like the Colts and Steelers play this week. They're going to have to battle it out against each other and knock one of the other out of the mix or down the rung at least a a little bit. Then you have Houston with CJ Stroud. What's his status going to be after going into concussion protocol on Sunday afternoon against the New York Jets, the Pittsburgh Steelers, are they really a viable threat right now to anybody? I mean, they've lost consecutive games to the three and 10, right? Patriots and the three and 10 Cardinals. I mean, my goodness, I just, I I don't know what to make of everybody, but I feel really good about the way the Broncos are playing and the way things kind of are in the state of the rest of the AFC. Well, and luckily for them, they play an NFC. They play a non-conference game this week against the Detroit Lions, which leaves after that three AFC conference games there. We talk about conference record right now. Denver, 
sitting at a virtue of four and five. And if they didn't lose that Texans team last week, they would obviously be up ahead of Houston by virtue of tiebreaker. But Denver would be at least one game above 500 in conference record. Denver's at four and five right now. Houston's at four and four. The reason they're ahead of Cincinnati right now, who's sitting in the 10th seat, is because Cincinnati has a three and six conference record. And then Buffalo has a four and five conference record. So kind of tied with Denver in that facet there. But because obviously... Cincinnati's got the tiebreaker over Buffalo. I mean, that's just why you have to take care of these conference games when you have them. And I'm very interested to see how this kind of plays out here because you mentioned the AFC North. You mentioned the AFC South. These are the teams right now that are really kind of dominating the whole playoff conversation and being in the hunt right now. Denver's got a chance here to make some noise. If they can beat the Detroit Lions, I think it's going to be great for them. But then they have a winnable game against the Patriots. Two home games, as you mentioned. Patriots. Chargers, and then who knows what to expect in that final road game against the Raiders. But Denver's got a really good chance here to really make some noise, get into the playoff picture. I think the number one thing we're waiting to see is if Denver gets there, what can they do, right? It's just about, and we said this, I think, early on in the season, it's about Denver getting in the dance. That's the most important thing that they can focus on. Take it one game at a time, one week at a time. It's not necessarily about winning the division, though now that is a possibility here for Denver, which we never expected considering the one and five start. But all you had to do, our conversation, if Denver was able to go on a run, which they did after winning five straight games, all they have to do is get in. And I think if Denver gets into the postseason here, they might be a team that some teams may not want to face, though I think it would be very interesting to see who they'd match up with if they were able to get in at the seven or the six seed here, or heck, even if they were able to somehow win the division, things would get very, very dicey here. But it's going to boil down to these next couple of weeks. I think we'll get a bigger picture, more of an idea, okay, who's in, who's really out in the next two weeks when Denver plays, obviously, Detroit, and then they host the New England Patriots on Christmas Eve. I mean, the stakes for this Denver team right now, Sarah, they are extremely high. They can't focus on what other teams are doing. They got to take care of business. That's the number one thing that you can do in order to ensure that you have your best shot at getting a ticket to the dance. It is. And, and I think back to the last time the Broncos really had a, a decent shot at making the playoffs, Cody, which was that 2016 season with Trevor Simeon as the starter. You finished that season nine and seven, but you really you started off four and oh, had a great chance of, yeah, I mean, not just sleepwalking into the playoffs, but man, if you win one more game besides what you what you did, you make it. And Vance Joseph was, uh, I believe, Cody, he, he wasn't the head coach of that team, uh, obviously, at 2016. But you 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 know that Vance Joseph has been part of teams in the past that have collapsed late in the season. And you know that his defense is not going to be the reason, I don't think, at this point, that the Broncos do falter late in the year. And Sean Payton, he's been part of teams that have crumbled late in the season as well. You have to find a way to finish stronger than everybody else. You have to find a way to not just back into the playoffs, but do that if you have to find a way to get in. And I think the Broncos can do that. They just they 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 have the feel right now, Cody, with the way they're playing defense, the way that they're able to run the ball, that end of game situation, the drive that they had. You've got a Super Bowl winning head coach, you've got a Super Bowl winning quarterback, you've got guys that have been in these big games before, and you have a team that's really galvanized right now. I just feel like the Broncos are in a much better position, even though they're currently sitting ninth in the AFC. You can't help but feel like they are in, I mean, a really good position with the rest of these AFC teams, the way that they've been playing, just kind of the the uncertainty. Like you said, even if you don't win the AFC West, it feels like you're setting yourself up well to at least have a good matchup in the first round, right? I, I don't think and I don't think people realize this. 
a lot of times the talk on on Twitter and places like that, Cody, is the Broncos just getting the seventh seed. Like people seem to assume that they only have a shot at the seventh seed. No, the Broncos could get all the way up as high as I mean, depending on what happens, the third seed. I mean, so they in terms of the wild card, like don't don't count out the fifth and sixth seeds just yet. The Broncos have a chance to really climb. It's not like they're just barely hanging on by a thread. They're in a really good spot with four games left. And I guess Christmas Day, like you said, Cody, after you know, after that Patriots game on December 24, Christmas morning, we're going to have a pretty good idea of where this Denver Broncos team stands with just a couple games left. So buckle in Broncos country. This next couple weeks is going to be a crazy ride. Well, I want to leave us all in Broncos country with a question here. Karis, and you can answer it here for Denver. If they make the playoffs, Sean Payton, coach of the year. Coach of the year, hundred percent. I already think he should be considered. I don't know. He's yeah. He he's not really high on the. I know FanDuel doesn't have him ranked super high, Cody, in in terms of the odds to win that award. It's kind of interesting. I mean, there's been a lot of great coaching jobs around the league, some underrated ones. But to me, Sean Payton, he's got to be way up there, maybe top two or three on that list. I think if he makes the postseason after Denver started one and five, and obviously if they they find a way to click, I think he deserves to be in the conversation as much as any of those other guys like the Miko Ryans, Nick Sirianni being involved in that conversation, and obviously Kyle Shanahan and what they're able to do right now in San Francisco as a well-oiled machine over there. My goodness. But Broncos country that'll wrap up today's episode of the show here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Sarah Bettinger and myself will be back tomorrow for all you everydayers out there. One thing we're gonna take a look at. We're gonna scout the opponent. What did we see from the Detroit Lions-Chicago Bears game that gives us insight. What can the Denver Broncos do to maybe attack the Lions? We'll dive deeper into that on tomorrow's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. We'll see you then.